0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Greg Hectus. Hey, everyone. Jesse Gray. How's it going? Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. Will Gibson.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody?
0: And special guest Zach Leonardi. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, welcome. Today's special guest segment is brought to you by SimLab Racing Simulator Products. SimLab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim lab.eu. All right, uh, Zach, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, we have a few questions, and uh, first, let's talk about how did you first hear the word iRacing and what did you do about it when you first heard about it?
2: Uh, if I'm trying, I'm trying to remember how I found iRacing the racing time. Well, I, I raced like Bandoleros in real life and I think everyone was starting to do iRacing. I was probably like 11 or 12 years old and everyone was starting to do iRacing for the Legend Corps stuff. And uh, so we all wanted to get it. Um, I think I asked for it for Christmas, 2011 or something, and I got... Uh, that's when i got it. it was 2011 i believe in christmas and uh i've been on it ever since
0: all right very good um now i know you're running the world of outlaws series as a pro i was also looking at your oval i rating it's uh you're no slouch at 6167 tell us a little bit about what you ran in oval to get that i rating there
2: yeah so obviously before
0: dirt came out um i was i was just
2: an oval guy um I've been on a few teams, and I raced, uh, I ran, like, B-Fix stuff a lot, is what I used to race, and, um, obviously, I'd do B-Fix and A-Fix when so it come around. I, I wasn't really big on making setups for them, uh, on asphalt cars, but I did a little bit here and there. We ran some, um, I ran some open setup leagues. Uh, I can't remember the name of all of them, but I used to run some open setup leagues with some of my buddies. I mean, I've been on teams with, uh, some of the peak guys right now. I was on team, i I'm on. I'm on dirt team with Casey Kerwin right now and Casey on the team with Novak and Jimmy molis and uh, probably some others I can't think of right now but um, I did a lot of like super late model short track stuff I was more into the short track stuff than anything else but for a long time there I'd race a lot of B fixed and A Fix and C Fix kind of stuff um, and I think my racing usually floated my rating usually floated around 4,000 almost 5,000 and then dirt came out and it was on the oval rate the oval deal and it spiked straight up when dirt came out so
0: That helped me out a lot. Yeah, your winning overall percentage on oval, uh, 14.1%, which is really good. But what really jumps out at me is the dirt oval, 50% is your winning percentage in official. So wow, that's pretty high. Yeah, I was, uh, I haven't raced that much official lately, but I used
2: to, when I raced a lot on here, man, it was, it was good. I've really enjoyed the dirt stuff. I raced dirt late models in real life. And so when it came on to iRacing, I immediately had to jump on it. Um, and I, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's a it's a fun deal. I kind of like going out and doing some more challenging stuff now. Like I used to stick to just the late models and that's when my winning percentage would be like crazy. And now I like to run some more like midgets and sprint car stuff kind of out of my uh, expertise because it's it's a lot of fun. I'm going to try to run the non sprint car pro series too. I'm working on getting qualified for that right now. Um, and it's fun to just have that challenge where I'm kind of chasing them guys instead of being on top of the game.
0: Right. Now, we first started talking about you on our show, I think, last year in 2018. Uh, You were killing it from what I remember. Tell us a little bit uh, about your run last year. Oh, yeah, last year was awesome. I, uh, I
2: went into it, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I was really good, obviously, in official racing, and I was pretty good in league races. I never really had any luck in league races, the big shows and stuff back then. And I got through the qualifying series pretty easy. And the first week was rough. I think I finished, I say rough, I think I finished like eighth. Um, uh, I got wrecked in the beginning or something. And then we went on a string. I think I won four races and I got a top five every week from there on out. So I had 10 straight top fives and I think four wins, which is the most out of anybody. And obviously the most top fives out of everybody. And uh, I came from like 60 points back and won the deal um last year last year was amazing i mean it was the the update we were on and everything everything kind of suited me and i had a lot of free time to test and get a lot of practice racing in and it was a it was an awesome season yeah
0: now i i think that you know definitely brought you into this year 2019 as probably the top seeded driver you know from my opinion based on you were winning there um so we'll talk about your season a little bit but first tell us about your hardware setup uh, what are you running for monitors, VR, uh, you know, wheels, pedals, that kind of thing?
2: Yeah. So I'm using, I'm on Oculus Rift right now. Um, I got a Fanatec, uh, Club Sport 2. I got, after winning the seal last year, I ran on a Thrustmaster T300 on when I won it last year. I have, uh, some old Fanatec CSR pedals. I think I stopped selling them like four years ago. I've had them for the longest time. Um, and then I've got the Fanatec Shifter. I think it's the only Shifter they sell. So it's just the Fanatec Shifter. Um. And i love the setup i got right now um p300 did me
0: really well i like that thing too but this fanatech stuff is just really nice okay very good um what are you doing with leagues at all or is it just the official stuff you've been talking about
2: uh i run league stuff from time to time i haven't committed to any um i ran v- vlr has a ton of leagues i think i ran a couple of them last year um And then I've just been running some of the big event money races this year because on Dirt, what's nice about Dirt right now is we have them big event money races. Um, I'm friends with the guy. I'm sure you all know Podium Esports. I'm friends with the guy that started Podium Esports, and I'm waiting for him to do some Dirt races. I want to run some of them money races. But um, I I like to run them when I have the chance. I haven't haven't got the chance to be on iRacing as much as i like to be this year. But um, I've got to hit a couple of big money races. We almost won the biggest one of the year earlier on the spring fling and then i finished uh, i think eighth last or two nights ago and the vlr birthday bash so i usually hit them special events i don't really follow too many leagues
0: right all right what is your most memorable moment so far in i-racing i'd say it has to be winning that championship last year not just for the,
2: the fact of winning it but um you know being the inaugural year is the first time that i'd try to I tried to, like, really go serious on iris and about winning the championship kind of deal. I mean, I'd run a few leagues on asphalt before, and I considered doing pro and asphalt before and just never got to it. Um, but it was really nice being able to go out there and get the uh, inaugural season, especially having 10 top fives in a row and then four wins. Like, guys, like, against Bergeron and Howard were super strong last year. Um, so it's that was really memorable for me and the whole experience going up to Charlotte, which I'd been a few times that getting to go to the banquet and driving the Clint Boyer car and everything up there. It was just a really, really cool experience.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I saw, I remember seeing uh, you with Clint there doing the, the dirt car thing, and uh was pretty neat uh, prize. And uh, So let's talk about your World of Outlaws uh, run this year, uh, running P7 in points. I went and looked at your finishes. Uh, I'm going to read them off here. I got 8th, 12th, 7th, 7th. I I did not start at Lima land and then fifth. So uh, tell us about those finishes and uh, what you think so far about this year.
2: Yeah, it's been a tougher season. I haven't, uh, I haven't had quite as much time to test this year like I did last year. And these new guys that came in have been really strong. I I mean, we've had six winners in six races. It's been a really tough competition this year. Um, And what was unfortunate, I'd probably be fourth or fifth, if not third in points right now, but that week that I uh, did not start, we were having internet problems around my house, and so I was going to hot spot off my phone to race. And we had a storm over here, and it knocked out a cell tower. So I had to try to go to my friend's house to race, and by the time I got all my stuff set up, I had zero laps of practice on the track or anything by race time, and just I couldn't get used to set up and mistransfer saw at one spot. So if I wouldn't have had that happen, I think we'd be top four or five in points competing for the championship. So that kind of took us out of it. But it'll be interesting. Um, after Kokomo, there are a lot of guys who got run race, run race suspensions. So tight, uh, points are going to tighten up here this next week. And then uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from there. I mean, still, as unpredictable as it's been, I think only seven people have made every race so far. So it's it's been really crazy with the amount of good cars that are ending up missing the race or get, just not making it. and Penalties. Um, yeah, penalties and stuff have been crazy just because uh, it's been a little rough this year. Um it hasn't been like one or two people in particular. It's been it's just been rough overall this year, but um, no drops, right? Yeah, no drops this year. I wish we had one, but um, sadly we don't. Uh, I mean, then again, it kind of goes against you too because if I have to drop a race that I did not start, any race that was bad would be just bad for me. Right. But um, no, nah, I mean I've enjoyed the season. It's uh, it's been a challenge. Obviously, other my, my other race has been very consistent. You know, um, this last monday was really unfortunate i drove up to fourth and i was about to start racing for money i was fast car i turned the fastest lap of the race and i was coming forward from like 15th up to fourth and got wrecked racing for fourth so um that was kind of unfortunate because i was gonna be if nothing else is gonna be a good points night if not a good money night and that kind of got taken away from me but uh, i mean that all comes with it and it all happens so um i got some good racetracks coming up and i am pretty competitive here
0: all right well go get it man uh We'll be pulling for you. Tell us about what's going on with real life racing.
2: Yeah. So I, uh, I'm in my third season or four, yeah. Third season of a uh, dirt late model, dirt, super late model racing in real life. Um, following the Southern all-stars tour right now. Um, i a pretty tight points battle with, uh, Riley Hickman and David Brazil. Riley Hickman's run the series won the series five times. And David Brazil was the world of outlaws rookie year last year. So it's no sloth of a competition. We've all been kind of going back and forth, um, we got, I think, nine races left in the season, and uh, I'm just looking to try to pull that off. We've been getting some momentum lately. Uh, my worst track, I had a good finish at two weeks ago, and we had a really strong uh, Touring Series race on Saturday. So finally starting to get our stuff running good, and uh, I mean, we're 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 clicking off top fives on good competition. So hopefully we can get a money win this year. I mean, we I started the season off. Uh, my second race of the year, beating Shane Clanton, who was the World Outlaws Champion 2015, and getting the win it, so a win out of Sanoa. So, it's been a little bit of a hit or miss season, but it's been overall my best season yet. And, uh, and I think if we, keep, if we keep improving a little bit, we might be able to get us a Touring Series win and compete for this championship. I think we got Rookie of the Year locked up, so it's a pretty good deal going we got.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, I mean, it looks like you're running almost every week. Um- I mean, how many races are you going to be running this year?
2: Uh, I think on the schedule we have like thirty-two, but um, obviously some have gotten postponed and not getting rescheduled. Some have been just rained out. Um, rain's been really, really bad for us this year. We've, especially lately. I mean, we we got rained out three times last month. Or it's August now. We got rained out. Yeah, we got rained out three times last month and the month before. So it's been bad. Um, but. We may add some more on for the end of the season. Um, I don't know. Uh, but we're going back to some tracks that I'm good at. Thunderhill, this upcoming weekend, like, last time we went there, I passed, like, half the field, got up to sixth, and then Talladega I was really good at last time we went. So I'm I'm excited to try to get some uh, points here. I think every race in the rest of the season is a series race, so I think I can, I think I can uh, compete for this win here and nothing else. I'm happy with Rookie of
0: the Year. Very cool. Uh, Oh, there's a lot of talk about how people move from sim racing into real racing, or vice versa. Maybe they're a real racer and they use sim racing. Uh, which one are you? Did the sim racing lead to the real racing, or was it vice versa, or was this a natural? You do both at the same time.
2: Uh, I've been racing real life since I was five years old, so it was um, real racing to sim racing. I do both now, but um, I mean, I know I know a few people that do sim racing to i racing uh i know people that have gone both ways um i mean it's definitely a great platform to I mean, there's nothing else out there that's gonna help you jump into a real car as much as i racing will um obviously you can't simulate everything see to the pants feel and stuff like that but um i mean you see it there's some of these guys who can hop in a real car and definitely it's definitely a big boost as opposed to just hopping in one with nothing it's a it's a big help i mean i can tell you for mine like when i went from legend cars to their model racing Um, I've been racing already for a year when Dirt came out on iRacing, but I still was kind of uncomfortable with racing a full-size car, getting up close to the wall and stuff and using VR, you know, all the, um, the size of the car is exactly the same. So using VR, I mean, I was able to get used to the size of the car and making moves and stuff like that getting up next to the fence and throwing side jobs and things like that and just figuring out, um, just the parameters of the car. Um, it definitely helps with a lot of
0: stuff. All right. Very good. Well, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, telling us all about that. Uh, Tell us about your team. And, uh, you know, I know we always talk to oval drivers and they have spotters and crew chiefs and these people working on setups and stuff. Tell me about the structure behind your effort on iRacing in the world of Outlaws. Are you a one man show or do you have a team behind you?
2: Yeah, so last year I was more or less a one-man show. I was it was me and Casey Kerwin for the first half of the season, and then Tyler Ducharme came on. Um, and then this year we've got a big team. I got i uh, I'm probably gonna miss somebody. I'm gonna open the group chat, but um, me, Tyler Ducharme, Casey Kerwin, Dylan Hauser, um, Josh Harm. It's all our Australian guys. We got Lewis Hewitt, Joel Berkeley. There's a few more. Uh, I can't think of off the top of my head, but uh, Nick Cooper. But um, you know, it, it's it's weird because I was I've been on asphalt teams that were on that were peak teams at the time, and it's a lot more laid back with ours. Like we don't have like days where we're like, yeah, we're gonna go test today and we're gonna test this and that. We just kind of we'll be like, hey, y'all want to do a race, and we'll hop on if we do. If we don't, we won't. Um, and then at the end of the day, half of us end up running different setups than each other so we just kind of we'll go test and we'll like we'll brainstorm and figure out what works for us but the thing with dirt is like I know it's the same way on other teams what I've talked to is like a lot of guys can't run the same setup as their teammates just because personal preference where it's not really that way in the peak side and the oval side but um, it helps a lot to have people to like piggyback ideas off of and uh, you know just test certain things that we wouldn't have thought of or they can tell you hey I just tried this just, just cause and it worked so you know maybe we'll go try it and find something with it but it's, uh, it's definitely more laid back, but it's really fun. I and mean, we're all
0: friends, and we all get along, and it's, it's a pretty good deal. Nice. All right. Very good. Uh, what about uh, social media? How do people follow you? Are you on Twitch? Are you streaming? Uh, Twitter, that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I, I don't stream. I ain't got the internet for that. I wish. But um, I, uh, you can get me on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram is at ZLRacing24. Uh, my Facebook page is Zach and Hardy Racing, and my website is Zach com. And that way you can follow pretty much everything we do. Um, my website just has my real racing stuff on it. My Facebook page will occasionally post what's going on in the iRacing stuff. Um, my Instagram is about my real racing usually too. But my Twitter and Facebook will post some of what I'm doing on iRacing. I, just, I haven't been as active with it this year. Just kind of doing the Pro Series and working on that non-wing sprint car series, which I'm pretty excited to try. But uh, it's been a really good year.
0: All right, very good. Well, let's talk about the World of Outlaws race. Uh, Kokomo, Will, tell us what happened.
1: Yeah, it looks like Blake Majulis picked up uh, the win That Kokomo. I think it's the first time the series has ran there. Um, He was running um, in the front with uh, Alex Bergeron and his teammate Blake Cannon. Uh, They put on a pretty good show. There was quite a few cautions at the start of the race, but once things kind of got stretched out, it ran pretty smooth. A guest here, Zach, he was running up, I believe, P4. Um, and got into it with, uh, Kendall Tucker, or I would say Kendall Tucker got into him. Um, so that kind of bumped him out of it. Um, all in all, I would say it was a good race there. Like I said, there was some cautions at the start, but they did put on a good show as always.
0: Now you came from the back, Zach, tell us about that. Yeah, we
2: started, uh, 14th. I think it was, I think I said 15th earlier. We started 14th. Um, I was fast. We just, the track was not the way I wanted to be qualifying. I messed up qualifying and starting the tail, but, um, yeah, I came through the field, and I was just trying to be mindful of the core and stuff, and it was really good, and I got, I got the help of a couple of cautions, got through them, and I finally got up to fourth, and when I was in fourth, I turned the fastest off of the race, and I was catching them guys, it was just, that place, uh, it got a little bit too slick, it was extremely racy in the heat races, like, it was great top-bottom racing, you could even go through the middle a little bit, and the bottom got slicked up a little bit too much, we had to run against the fence. So it was kind of more of let them guys, you know, they got to run each other over. You got to have someone make a mistake. And, um, just on one of them, we got going, me and Kendall were throwing sliders on each other and it was close quarter race. And then we got into three and I got a little sideways and I guess, I mean, he was right on my bumper. He wasn't expecting it and turned me around. Um, and then I think I restarted eighth and I stayed eighth. So, um, it was an exciting race. I mean, I've been, I was looking forward to it. Um, I love that track. It's a, challenge it's a real driver's track it's a big challenge um close quarters bumper to bumper door to door racing
0: it's really been a good season i mean like you said so many different winners and you know every time the race starts it's like anybody like there's 12 cars that can win you know legitimately and uh everybody is very tight it's very competitive uh and uh it's been fun to watch you guys you guys are doing a great job yeah it's definitely been
2: that's what I did a interview with Iris at the beginning of the year about what they thought it was going to be like, and I didn't, I, I wouldn't have predicted six winners in the first six different races, but uh, I did think it would be more winners. Um, it's definitely tougher. Like these guys are on top of their game. I, I mean, as much as we were on top of our game last year, we're really on top of our game this year. Everybody is, and it's really competitive. And qualifying can make or break you. Everything's so tight. Um, but yeah, I mean, you like you said, you can. You can win from almost anywhere in the field if you have the best car and if you play your cards right, and it's been it's been really good with that. Um, but it's it's tough to be really consistent this year. Consistency is what's getting everybody. Everyone that's gotten has got the most top fives are up front in points, and if you got if you have one or two bad weeks, you get mired back. So um, it's a real big deal to stay consistent and stay towards the front. But it's a uh, it's been a really good season, really entertaining season for sure.
0: Yeah, I think if you didn't have that DNS uh, with your internet issue, you'd be right up there in the mix with those guys. So uh, good running, Zach. Uh, we hope you can uh, get it up there in the top five and contend. Uh, right now, Casey Tucker leading by 13 on Alex Bergeron. Majolus third, Cannon Forrest say fifth, Deadman sixth, Leonardi seventh.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it's, it's an interesting points battle. I know Cannon's missed the race. And uh he's still up there. He, he's had a lot of good runs. I mean her buddy, he's had a lot of good runs, but um, I'm hoping I think I can get back to a top five at the very least is what I'm is my goal right now. Um, but with three weeks left, I mean there's a chance, yeah, you know, there's always a shot to get back for top three or if something crazy happens, I mean you could be back in the points battle. It's not out of the um, it's not out of the normal possibilities. It'd be definitely tough but um them guys have two bad races and I had two perfect races. i would be back with them. So, um, it's just, that's kind of how it goes. It's definitely a
0: crazy series. Okay. Very good. Let's switch gears. Greg, let's talk Porsche Esports super cup. So it looks like our, uh, friend of the
3: show, Josh Rogers, uh, brings home his third win of the season at, uh, the Nürburgring. Uh, Rogers brings home the feature win. Um, he was on, a, on rails coming through the field until he attempted a pass on Sebastian Job for second and sent him spinning. Uh, Phil Sell and DeJong round out the podium. Uh, the podium eSports standings, uh, top 10 or after 10 rounds, Josh Rogers still leads um, over uh, Bennick and DeJong. Uh, Boy, so. really
0: padded his lead, too.
3: Yeah, it looks like he's starting to get a little bit of a command of the league there, or their lead of the championship points there. So the next race is on the 14th of September at Laguna Sega.
0: Yeah, that was a. I watched the battle with Sebastian Job, and uh, it was a good race. It was just a racing incident, I would call it, more than anything. Uh, And uh, Sebastian got the raw end of it, but uh, he was running up there, uh, you know, contending. Uh, but got turned around. Bummer. All right, uh, Jesse, uh, NASCAR Ignite.
4: Yes, they just ran Stafford Motor Speedway. Parker Retzloff and Vicky Clark took two wins each. Andy Truppiano, Mulrooney Alt, and Hunter Johnson each winning in their respective races as well. Clark and Truppiano were the top point-getters of the weekend with 158 each. But Mulrooney's 147 insured that he would retain the points lead. And next week, they're going to go to New Samirna for the playoffs. Or I mean, excuse me, for the last race before the playoffs. So it's going to be a last chance to try to make something happen for these guys.
0: Now, is this the one where they change cars when they get to the playoffs?
4: Yeah, so next week is New Smyrna, and they will do the last time with the Legend car, and then the last four races in the playoffs are all going to be modified. So it'll kind of switch it up for them and see who can adapt.
0: Yeah, we've that's, had some good racers come out of that series.
3: That's going to be a nice curveball that they're throwing to get them to used to driving something else, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially because so much of what I've caught clips-wise in and, and full races is in the legend cars i mean it's it's kind of uh one of those one groove kind of deals it's hard to make passes in a lot of these scenarios and a lot of these tracks that they're putting them on so you go back to something like that and guys can make mistakes and you know get that that second groove to work and so yeah it'll be not only a challenge for them but it'll hopefully make the racing a little bit funner you know side by side racing to see if these guys can get a little little battle on
0: might be a caution vest you know or that <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, I got July 30th, Patch 2, Season 3. They released. Uh, they did some stuff with the, uh, you know, iRacing beta interface uh, as usual, uh, making that better. Uh, there was a fix to the green white checker. Uh, there was a situation where if you were approaching the end of the race and uh, and somebody delayed the green, you know, by stopping on the track, uh, it would mess up the green white checker in some way. So they fixed that.
3: By the before you keep going there, we had this discussion the other night, and the guys told me that that wasn't gonna have a problem. Do you not remember that, Jesse? No, I don't. We had a, we were had this discussion that the green nobody thought of it. We were because we were having those delayed greens in our Pocono race, and because somebody was stopping her on track, and um, we were wondering if it got down to a green-white-checker. Someone did the delayed green. Uh, would it screw up the green white checkered? So obviously it did and then they would have did. Really found a fix with it. So
4: Yeah, that was Sunday morning. I'm remembering now. Yeah, I know. I know what you're. that talking wasn't about your best morning. Was it? I've had better
0: All right uh, Something to dirt racing. It says the calculations used to determine surface normal Perturbations have been adjusted. Uh, this should reduce the effectiveness of buildup banking slightly uh, Zach any uh, translation on that yeah, basically what it is is um,
2: they've been uh, a couple. I think it was last year they had the build with the cushions in it, and we were having really big cushions built up, which would make the top really, it'd, be, it'd make the track really top dominant. And so they've been gradually trying to make the tracks more even top and bottom. Uh, so basically that's just making it so it doesn't build a cushion as much, which that came out right before the Kokomo race, and the Kokomo race was phenomenal in the heat races, top and bottom, and Kokomo has always been a top dominant racetrack. So. Um, it's definitely getting to where it needs to be. It was just all that's doing is making the top a little bit slower when the tracks get slick, which
0: will help the bottom be competitive with it. And it definitely is starting to help right now. I'm so happy to see Steve Reese and everybody at iRacing continue to tweak on this dirt. And you know they don't just let it you know sit on its laurels and be done with it. They're constantly making these little tweaks and adjustments to make it better. and I, I do uh, appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a tough thing to
2: figure out. There's so many different variables to go on with it, and um, there's always stuff to improve, but they've, they've done a phenomenal job, you know, staying on top of it and trying to listen to the
0: community and what needs to get done, working on it. Yeah, next up, I think this is the biggest thing, significantly improved the dynamic shadow map quality for cars on TV cameras and in general. And so, big changes, I guess, on dynamic shadow map quality. I would assume this is going to be to clean up the uh, peak broadcast and stuff of that nature. Right, because it kind of says specifically TV cameras. Yeah, so they're
3: yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's probably to get rid of some of those jagged lines, right?
0: Yeah, a couple little uh, minor updates on the cup cars as far as shader and NASCAR branding on the pillar.
3: Why? <laughs> Why is it uh only the two of the three cars? Good point. No, no love for the Ford, huh? Or I might have already had it on it.
4: I would assume, yeah, that the Ford being so new, they already Maybe, did it to the yeah. Ford,
0: and then they liked it. All right, let's keep moving. Um, Will iRacing connects the Boston servers to Australia.
1: Yeah, iRacing looks like they have partnered with Hurricane Electric um to improve connectivity for Australian and Qe customers. Um, reaching the Boston server farm. Uh, basically, uh, through network meeting points in Boston and Los Angeles, iRacing will have reserved network capacity on low-latency routers all the way from Boston to Sydney. So anyone racing in Australia, New Zealand, that area, you should see a, a pretty significant improvement. Um, they were saying um, dropping upwards to 70%, it looks like, on your ping. Wow, 70%? Yeah, no, that's a, it looked like a pretty decent jump if you had a new enough and good enough internet. Now, it's not going to affect everybody. It looks like there's some people that will see a slight improvement, not quite to that level. Um, but that should be a, a real big improvement for uh, just racing in general for those guys. Um, they also enabled IPv6 in their Boston race farm. So, I know you guys talked about it a few months ago where they were buying up those servers, and it looks like they might be online and um according to ipv6 test.google.com only about 30 percent of iRacing customers have ip6 available to them so
0: yeah that's the website you can actually uh type in and see if your isp offers ipv6 so if you go to ipv6 test.google.com it'll say yay or nay uh but anyway, if it is on, uh, and that shows there, you can turn it on under settings on the website. Uh, sometimes it can provide a, a better ping, they've said. In other cases, it doesn't. It just kind of depends on what route you're taking. The other thing I want to point out is Randy Cassidy from iRacing has done a fantastic job of making this happen. If you want to understand the, the how this worked and the, uh, how he put it together and all the different companies involved, and how the Internet is structured. It's a history lesson on the Internet. It really is. If you go read this forum post, um, he really does educate everybody on how the Internet is actually moving traffic from one place to another. Uh, Physically, which way is it going? It's going through the Pacific uh, Ocean, and it's landing in San Francisco, and then they route it to Boston and all that other stuff. And it's very interesting to read but uh it's neat that they're spending money too to help the australians uh with a better experience and it is going to reduce their ping and uh, congratulations to those guys uh, jesse fairberry speedway
4: high racing did a great job as always giving us a nice teaser release video of fairberry speedway quarter mile dirt track in illinois uh, pretty cool video i did catch a glimpse of one of the two cars even tagging the wall. It's cool that they didn't make a perfect video. They just went out and made the video and put it as is. And I think they even did a little door banging in one, one of the corners too. So it's pretty good hard racing. Good video. Looks like it's a, kind of a unique uh, wall from what I see. All uh, brick layout up the
0: side. So looks like it's going to be a fun track with the big cushion. It's like they so many people have hit the wall. You can't really read that it says Fairbury on the, on the wall. I, that was what I noticed about it. They need to paint the wall.
3: (laughs) I like the camera angles that they're using on some of the, just even the up above by the lights and stuff, the way that they're moving it around. They do a really good job showing these videos with the angles.
0: Now, we don't have a link, but earlier today, they Twittered out uh, high-quality photos of Fairbury as well. I think three of them, and uh, you can check out the photos of the new Speedway coming in September. Okay, next uh, was a post that i did see earlier this week but it's now gone it says oops you don't have sufficient privileges to access this message so what does that mean it means it got deleted by the iRacing racing staff but it was a post about ai artificial intelligence uh, basically kind of asking what's the status and that kind of thing uh, somebody from the staff did post in there and i do have a quote in our script it said we are not in a position to release any further details at this time. And uh, I don't know where the conversation went after that, but apparently it went south because the thread has been deleted. So hashtag
3: 2020? <laughs> hashtag soon. Greg,
0: how to IMSA?
3: So it was just uh, on the IMSA website here. Um, they did a uh, There was an article on it. Uh, how to get into uh, Insa, they were talking about you can go to racing school uh, and talk or and learn all this stuff and go through the seven different series, or you can become a member of iRacing. And it was just a nice article going through all the the different series and talking about it. But I guess the the big talk in it was about the AI um, in the article, and they're talking about one of the biggest features uh, they're working on in, with the AI. Um, Bob, it said, Was right now everything on iRacing? Anytime you race, you're racing against a live, you know, someone, alive, live people from somewhere around the world. It could be your neighbor, it could be all the way around the it could be anywhere in the world. But we're going to be adding the ability to race against the computer, which uh, will take, will open the door in iRacing to maybe a different audience, you know, kind of people uh, that are intimidated by racing. um other people online. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are uh, the kind of excited for iRacing racing without the worry of messing around with somebody on in a race. So, um, what do you guys think of how this article was worded? I know we've talked about AI a bunch, and obviously there was an article just above that about AI. But you know, it's good to see that they're recognizing it in other uh, that this is an option that's coming for people in different articles here.
0: Yeah. You know, when you got Kevin Bobbitt from iRacing being quoted on IMSA.com about AI, we know it's coming. Uh, you know, I think it will bring a subset of people that are afraid to race. You know, they don't want to mess up other people. They have anxiety. Well, when you're an AI race, who cares, you know? And, and, and so you might want to just try a, a car you're not very good at and see if you can build up some confidence. So, yeah, I think it might drive people coming in.
3: For me, like when I think of AI, I you know, I love racing all the the, the other people online, but you got to wait for the thing that I like about when you're, you're like, this isn't a slight on everything, but when you're in console gaming, you can just turn it on and go and race and do something right. It's right away. Whereas I racing, you got to wait for the hour or whatever it's on that you're going to race for. So like, and I uh, that we mostly participate in, you know, you got to wait for the time slots every week to race in it. And that's the only shot you get at it. It, you know, with AI, if you want to just screw around for the day when you have an afternoon off or something, you can just go in and race against them. That's what, that's the option that I'm looking forward to the most for it.
0: I am too. I, I think AI to, to run series and cars and things that I probably wouldn't do otherwise. All right, Tony, uh, tell us about Logan Clampett at Pocono. But first, I want you to tell me about Tony Groves meeting Christopher Bell. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I was at the and Speedway, where, uh boat my local, my most local dirt track. Um, Tony Stewart, Rico Abreu, and Christopher Bell were all there, uh, running their sprint cars, and uh, I was I was really really hoping to be able to meet uh, Tony. And had I had stuck around after the race, I probably would have had that chance. But um, I was able to to meet up and shake hands with Christopher Bell and. Uh, um, that's a really cool thing to be able to do especially at the short track you know there's no there's there wasn't any big long lines um no silliness like that you just walk up to him say hey man how you doing and uh you know good to see you watch you on track and and uh they're
0: they're
5: they're so inviting they're really gracious and uh it was a really really good experience i enjoyed it
0: now you've got him booked to come on the show right
5: Yes, yeah. I'm just waiting for that email. So, for Bell, if you if you hear this, um,
0: get at us. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have Christopher on the show. Uh, Will, I think you actually invited him like a year ago, didn't you?
1: Yeah, it's been a while. I just sent him a message through uh through iRacing. He probably has those things turned off. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if Christopher's out there, hey, we want you uh, as a guest. Come on. Uh, hit hit up uh, your friend Tony. Uh, Tony, tell us about Logan. Uh, he went to Pocono.
5: Yeah, he went to Pocono, and uh, well, it looks like he got to shake some hands with some uh, others as well, like uh, Jeff Burton, Dale Jr. Um, I guess uh, and I'm a little out of the loop here, but uh, is he racing for Parker Kligerman racing? Because it sounds like uh, yeah. they sent him there, so they got the hot pass, and
0: um, yeah, that'd, that'd be all right. And uh, got a few others in the picture there. I think it's uh, Ashton Crowder that also went with him there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And there's a photo with their owner, Jeff Burton. Yeah,
5: that'd be a hell of a day. Um, Get toured around by Jeff Burton, meeting everybody. I'm sure they shook hands with with, uh, more guys than um, what they're taking pictures with. But uh, what a hell of an experience.
0: All right. Very cool. Greg, tell us about Garrett Maines at Sim Seats. So
3: Sim Seat uh,
0: Seats put out a post on their Twitter
3: uh, saying Garrett Maines, uh showed up to practice to, for the upcoming Mid Ohio uh, race. Uh, big things coming for this guy in the future, they said on the thing. The the SRX Driving Simulator uh, MP33 Motion Platform with a D Box Tech 2250i. Giving him the feedback he needs to get ready. So it's really nice uh, to see uh, them taking some of these guys taking uh, um, advantage of going and testing some of these things.
0: Yeah, that motion uh, platform is killer. It's got that D box. That's one of the good ones, guys. Uh, Yeah, and then another uh, tidbit there is if you look up who Garrett Maines is on iRacing at his iRacing profile. His overall winning percentage on Oval is 73%. On Road, it's 64%. Dirt Oval, 90%. Dirt Road, 89%. So this guy is some kind of alien. Looks like he spends a lot of time in the Fix series, though. Yeah. Uh, boy, that is pretty cool. We'll have to keep an eye on Garrett Mains. All right, next up I got is uh, Season 4 is coming up, guys, and uh, they're looking for uh, community input on the schedules as usual. And so the call has gone out. Uh, they uh, posted in all the different forums an uh, Excel uh, to use as a schedule template. And uh, the, if you want to participate in picking uh, the schedule for uh, a various series, uh, you need to get involved in that forum post. and communicate with the other drivers, and come to some kind of consensus. All right, Will, uh, streamed basic setup class, week 11, this time the 410 winged sprint.
1: Yeah, peak driver Christian Chowner. he's been doing this uh, series where he'll stream a car and a track and work on setups and kind of just help the community out, and it's really made for people who have little to no knowledge of doing setups. Um, He streamed, like I believe, on the 29th for the 410 winged sprint car, and you could catch that on his Twitch. Let me see if I can find a link here to it. It's a Christian
0: um, underscore C thirty seven.
1: Yeah, but now he's doing. I think he's doing a great service for the community. He's uh, just going out there making a change, showing, doing laps, and he has a uh, posted up a, uh, a Google spreadsheet doc of his lap times and stuff, so you can kind of really see the differences. And it's a it's a good tool for the community. I, I hope more people catch on to this and helps people out.
0: Yeah, I don't own this car, but I actually tried it over the test drive, which, by the way, they opened that up over the weekend between Friday and Tuesday, which I absolutely love. That allows you to test any car, even if you don't own it, on a track you already own. And I actually tried the 410 Wing Sprint. That's the one I kind of gravitated to. And I was going around Eldora flat, and boy, that is a fun car. Uh, Jesse, Evergreen Speedway iRacing slash real-life doubleheader in Washington. Yeah, in my
4: backyard over here in Washington, we uh, do a Rory Price Memorial Race asphalt sprint cars at Evergreen Speedway every year, and this year they uh, went ahead and stepped it up. Saturday is going to be the uh, race at Evergreen in real life, but Friday they're going to do an asphalt sprint race at Lanier on iRacing. And Sunday they're going to do quarter midgets at another real life track, Wild Wild West, not the iRacing track. And it's pretty cool to see they. Uh, this is a, a big event here locally speaking, and that's uh, pretty cool that they're now uh, bringing iRacing into the mix. They uh, this is the NASCAR sanctioned track, and it's cool to see just another uh, angle where they're developing iRacing into real life, and you know intermingling, bringing bringing more in into the community.
0: Okay, now I actually contacted uh, Evergreen Speedway earlier today to ask them about the Rory Price Memorial. And they did just send me an email. I'm going to read some of it. It's from Kyler Hope, who works at Evergreen. It says, uh, The 14th annual Rory Price Memorial is being held Saturday at Evergreen. It has become one of the biggest asphalt-, asphalt wing sprint car races on the West Coast, maybe even the nation. This year we're doing something special, the iRacing version. With the help of Richard Orr and the Western Super iRacing Series, there has been four qualifying races over the month of July, setting the field of 22 drivers from 20 different states. To relate this even more to the real world, some drivers in real life had their paint, cars paint schemes made on iRacing for the drivers to use, as well as some of the real life drivers drafted iRacing racers for the race tomorrow night. It is in the best of both worlds in a one great two-day event. The Rory Price Memorial. Broadcast is 7 p.m. Pacific Friday. Cool, Kyler. Well, uh, yeah, pretty neat that uh, we have a NASCAR track, you know, uh, using iRacing in conjunction with their real-life event. I think that's kind of a new thing. It's a pretty cool idea. I hope it, uh, you know, brings the idea and it just keeps
4: spreading. Because like, like he says in there, it, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of California guys who will come up here for that. All, I mean, Canada guys everywhere. And uh, it's just, it's going to be cool. Hopefully they go back
0: home and talk about it, you know, spread the word. Right. All right. Uh, next one I got is an iRacing member spotlight. Uh, iRacing put together a YouTube uh, featuring Nils Sinkowski. And uh, I did watch this and uh, it was an interesting battle of the Cadillac CTS at the Nürburgring. And uh, what a battle it was. These guys are like a 6,000 iRating on road, uh, the two of them, they're very similar uh, talents, and they have some great, great side-by-side racing, uh, and it's also a great view of the track, and of course, uh, racing when they put a video together, just, the quality is outstanding, but uh, the racing, you know, on top of that is, is was top-notch too, and I, I certainly see why they made a video of it. So get on the YouTube, guys, and check that out. That was on July
1: 31st. It almost looks like a top 10 video just in one race.
0: Right. It deserved its own video is what it really came down to. But I also made me remember how awesome the Cadillac is. I mean, we need to start running that again. Yeah,
3: that's a uh, problem is, is we still like to bring that Cadillac to the super speedways.
0: Talladega caddies, right? <laughs> okay, uh, Greg, we got a. Gfinity Supercars E Series qualifying begins today.
3: So, the Gfinity uh, Supercars E Series uh, is the top is the top i racers in, in Australia and New Zealand uh, are going to get a chance to uh, qual- uh, compete in the inaugural uh, Gfinity Supercar E Series uh, for 2019. Um, it's going to consist of six events for the championship and it's going to, which is going to be held, uh, now is it, is, I'm just trying to figure out, here. Is it the, the, going to hold the last event at the uh, Gfinity Esports Arena in Sydney? Or are they no, doing... I don't
0: see that on the schedule. It looks like it's Phillip Island, Mount Panorama, Sonora, Sonoma, Nurburgring, Silverstone. No, but I mean,
3: is the final event going to be held in the arena? Like, I'm, I'm just trying to find the information for that, but... Because it's going to be live on uh, Fox Sports uh, Australia too. Uh, cool. So, anyways, I guess it's a six. Like Mike was saying there, the the events there. It's six races. Uh, it's going to feature a trio of twenty minute sprint races, with uh, a alone exception occur uh, with the lone exception occurring on August eighth, as drivers run uh, two hundred
0: fifty kilometers at Mount uh, Panorama.
3: Oh. So the oh, I see.
0: So this is an interesting format. So what it actually is is, so there's three races. They're 20 minutes each, but they're at different tracks. So like on the first event, the first race is Phillip Island. Then they go to Monza and then they do Suzuka. So 20 minutes on each track, all in the same event.
3: Huh. Interesting. So they kind of just break point. I'm guessing they're going to break the points down um, by how you finish each race. Obviously, and then they're doing that lone one on October eighth. Yeah, Mount Mount Panorama. Yeah, which is going to be, which is a fun one. So the top five drivers, sorry, the top five drivers in the championship uh, will share a a purse of twenty six thousand five hundred dollars Australian money. So that's about eighteen thousand U.S. uh, And the championship winner will uh, win a ten thousand dollar Australian prize or prize money um second through fifth will earn 75 5,000 2,500 and 1,500 wow so Money's starting to pour in still even for you know those uh, super supercars are a blast to drive and i'm looking to get into those things a lot so, or more over the next couple months here but uh good luck guys who are competing in that
0: yeah, and about one hour ago, breaking news. We also heard a press release from Mobile One Mega Racing. They launches their esports program. So this is a uh, supercar team from Australia, and they're launching an esports team, so to speak. Uh, and they have picked Josh Rogers and Jared Philsell uh, to to be their drivers. So congratulations to Josh Rogers and Jared Fussell. Uh They'll uh, have teamed up with uh, uh, that team, uh, which is called the Walkinshaw Andretti United is the name of it. So it's the one that Andretti's involved in. That's, a, that's an awesome opportunity for those guys. It is. And it, it, what's interesting is this series is kind of like the peak almost where there, you know how we have the draft with the peak and we have these uh, you know, teams, the NASCAR teams like Joe Gibbs and Wood Brothers come in and pick two drivers and they're the drivers. Well this is kind of the same thing, but it's supercar.
3: Well, over in Australia and New Zealand area, these things are, are their NASCAR, right? Like they're it's their thing that they go to that they are passionate about over there. It it it's it's great to see that they're gonna have the same recognition as the peaks getting, the world of outlaws are getting the the uh porsche series like all these series that are getting all these this big names it's
1: nice to see that it's it's transferring everywhere yep i think the coolest thing about this is this is gonna be basically it looks like a LAN event at a stadium um i really think i hope this is successful i understand that they're why they're only doing um australian drivers obviously because it's close to home and logistics are much better but i hope this really takes off and sets president for uh, other championships to be held at like a live events that you could actually watch like other esports i think that's really going to take sim racing and the esports side of things to the next level when you could watch a a room of people competing against each other and see the live emotion and everything of that comes along with racing i think i hope this is successful just from that aspect alone well if
3: yeah. if, if you think about it they've got las vegas has a specifically built arena for esports. Um, and obviously, it sounds like they're gonna use arena arena here for this. so and and there's lots of these uh, places, you know, popping up for any type of eSports to be held. So it's nice that you know we're gonna have more exposure and, and more of this will bring it more to TV we will bring it to TVs and and more audiences, right? It's on Fox
0: Sports, Australia. Pretty cool. broadcast TV, man. Uh... That's going to be, uh, you know, and they're obviously going to broadcast it online at the Supercars website and social media. All right, let's keep moving. Tony, Imza post a lap around Road America.
5: Yeah, now, um, you guys can totally correct me here, but uh, this is the first time that I've seen this. Um, but I've been told that they've been doing this for a, a couple to a few weeks now, yep. um, kind of promoting their next race. A couple of Porsches take a lap around Road America that's um yeah if if we've talked about it before uh forgive me but i think that's um that's actually pretty cool when i first saw this i was like well who cares it's a lap around road america but IMSA, um you know use an i-racing to help promote their brand um and and give give all the viewers uh a heads up as to what's what's coming
0: along you know that's uh that's pretty damn neat okay uh next one i got uh we have a article that we found uh about team redline and it says the lines between real world and sim racing are getting blurred team redline manager dom doohan thinks that this trend is set to continue uh team redline has the top road racers on the sim like verstappen hoodoo and lando norris um he basically said all the best talent will eventually come through sim racing i'd imagine it's just so much broader in terms of the user base it's just about filtering that into motorsports uh, he was also saying that you know if you're an upcoming real world driver that you need to have what's called a sim profile, as he called it, um, and I guess that means some kind of experience in sim racing uh interesting uh, European uh, road teams take on sim racing
3: I'm wondering if they're doing it this way. they're calling it a sim profile because I know like in f one they have reserve drivers that do a lot of sim work now they and like there's certain drivers that all that's all they do is just sim work like maybe it's something that you know other teams are looking forward for right
0: yeah to be in their portfolio right right yeah I, i i did this and i did that yeah all right let's keep moving we're gonna switch to hardware software now uh greg you got the hp reverb cable relief system
3: so I've got it up here on the on the, the stream here. So what it is is um, it's I guess on the HP Reverb, I guess it's a little bit strenuous. I've, I've never used the uh, VR, um, but it's it's strenuous to people's head because you got the wire hanging down and, and it kind of pulls on it. So I guess what uh, they've done here is they've created a, a bracket that holds the the cable in place so that you can on from the back of your seat, so it holds it up, right up and it doesn't put strain on the headset on your head. Um, now, uh, I was trying to see what uh, what's the site? Uh, www.thinggivers. Www.thing, thingiverse. givers Thingiverse. Thingiverse. Okay. Yeah, there thingiverse. you go. Thingiverse. slash <laughs> h o i h m a n dash or slash design so this, this is kind of a cool 3d printing um, website right yeah it's a 3d printing site and it shows you what it looks like uh for the file would that be the tony with would, would that be the file for it
5: yeah or is yeah, you it go, yeah you go here to get the file be able to print it out it gives you a little preview of what uh what you're actually printing out and um they'll also give you you know sometimes in the comments section they'll give you uh, various settings to to set the to get the best possible print out of here.
3: So I guess there also we have a link on here that goes to Amazon for uh, uh, keeping you cool while you're uh, uh, the VR relief. It's a fan that clips that you can clip to anything uh, to uh, mini desk to have air flow to you while you're uh, r- racing with your uh, VR on.
0: Well, it's powered um, by USB, and this goggles has a USB plug. And so it, that's part of his whole invention is you put a fan on it too. Yeah, it's
3: it's nice that uh, I I've never
0: I don't know what how
3: strenuous that uh, um, cable would be, but it looks like this is a good thing to have if you have an H or VR um, that is cables still has cables attached to come out of the back of your seat, I guess.
5: But it, it, it for lasting comfort, right? Like you just get that those couple of cables pulling down and, you know, may, maybe the back of the chair is, is adding a little bit of friction to that. Um, so you're trying to move and, you know, you're kind of feeling a little constricted. So this would just take that completely away, give you, um, you know, more freedom of movement and be smoother and easier to, to move around. It's a it's a great little invention. Um, and, and this is a perfect build for, for 3D printing stuff. I mean, you could take it to your local library and print it off for, next to nothing
0: they're small pieces right there's just two
3: so this was posted by jared joel um i guess he called it uh getting rid of the zip ties uh it's another <laughs> thing to
0: get rid of the zip ties yeah so yeah he posted up in the forums uh, the forum post is called hp reverb on amazon so go find that if you guys are interested next up uh, i got found a forum post where Jonathan Almanar is looking to build a circular screen with three projectors, uh, similar to what the F1 teams are using. Uh, He's looking for some ideas about how this may or may not work. And it was kind of an interesting thread and uh, actually brought back some memories of some other companies we've talked about in the past on the podcast. Uh, The one I came to mind was simpit.co.nz from New Zealand. And they've actually uh, built uh, just that.
3: I was going to say, somebody like the uh, NBC broadcast to see click the setup there and wants to uh, replicate it too. Because theirs is a half circle too, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Right. And theirs looks funky though. I don't know. Every time they show it, I don't know if it's just the way it looks on TV or uh, it doesn't look like the FOV is right whenever I see the NBC one.
3: I have a feeling it's probably just the way that they can't. They, you know, I bet you if you put like a, a GoPro on the top of their head or something, it might look a little bit different. It's just I think it's got to be that angle because I noticed the same thing, Mike. When I was looking, I was like, it does, it doesn't look totally
0: realistic from where you're sitting. All right. So if you can help Jonathan out, go find that uh, that forum post and to help him out with his circular screen. Uh, will, tell us about Portuguese sim rigs.
1: Yeah, we have a website here, www.imsim.eu.com. And this is a Portuguese company who builds sim rigs. It's a fairly clean looking rig. It has three uh, three DOF, or field of motion, and uh, it will yaw, roll, and pitch. It, uh, it's a very clean looking rig, but I wasn't able to find any kind of pricing on it. Holy cow, when I first saw this
0: website, it really blew me away. It's such a modern looking design that I don't know that we've seen anything like this.
1: I can't honestly tell you if it's built if it's metal, plastic, I don't know what the it's actually built out of. It's very clean looking. It's basically two pieces. You have your base which all all the servo motors connect to to move it. And then it's like one giant sweep from where the wheelbase is all the way to the back of the seat rest. Um, It's a very beautiful looking rig, but I just question what it's even built out of.
0: Yeah, very curvy looking and uh, no straight lines anywhere kind of look. A very unique design. And and what's neat on the back of the seats, you know, you got the shock absorber kind of hydraulic arms to kind of move the seat. but wow, it, it it does have 3Dof of motion. No idea on the pricing, but they have a great website.
5: This thing would be extremely easy to get in and out of.
0: Yeah, it is kind of low profile for a motion. Look how wide it is. I mean, it's not very wide.
5: If you hover your your um your mouse cursor over top of some of these here, is where it um it's describing how much motion you have. Um, it actually kind of shows you what it's What's happening um, gives you like a little animated graphic.
0: Yeah, which way it's moving. Yeah, it's got 11 degree of pitch, 33 degree of roll, and 10 degree of yaw.
1: You almost got enough roll there to fully simulate Bristol or Daytona.
0: Get up all the banking, right? This is a neat rig. I really uh, like it. The website msim.eu.com. Jesse, tell us about Proto Sim Tech. Yeah, Proto SimTech
4: Pedals will be closing its doors, but not quite yet. After about four or five more batches now through sometime into twenty twenty, they are gonna go ahead and shut down for business. But uh, the next batch that's coming out is around September, but it looks like a uh, website says it's already sold out. And then he's gonna do a few as uh as the next year progresses, but they're they're on their way out with a few more batches to get a few more out
0: there and then they're going to call it quits. It sounds like. Don't know why he's calling it quits. It's obviously a successful business. Uh, he, and he kind of wrote a little article, uh, thanking everybody and kind of talking about it, but he doesn't explain why he decided to hang it up or what he's going to be doing next. But, uh, these are the pedals that Mason got. They're $479 plus shipping.
3: I wonder if it's too, um, too costly like there's the the margins aren't there for him anymore to get it all done and and the, the time in between making these batches is just
0: it's not worth it for him maybe who knows i mean he obviously doing more batches probably doing it to make money i would guess but who knows um, but they are highly recommended pedals and uh mason uh i think has had pretty good luck with them i, I think not today but that was some kind of other issue Okay, next up I got is a Track Racer 8020 rig. Racer.com.au has uh, posted some 8020 aluminum cockpits and P1X clones. As far as I'm concerned, they look a lot like the P1X, and I wonder if they're actually a copy of the P1X. But I mean, all these rigs are going to look the same, I guess, to some
1: degree. I do think it looks a lot like a clone. Um, you can tell they used a bigger profile at the bottom, but it for some reason, just doesn't look as sturdy. I don't know what it is. Their wheel deck just looks subpar compared to the the one on the uh, P1X, which is what attracts me to it. It uh, it is nice to have a another Australia, but I believe they have a U.S. distributor. Um, I've been actually looking at getting their the seat they're using on that rig there.
0: Yeah, now it does. There's a forum post by Chris Fowler that indicated um they're only available in Australia but will be for sale in the US in a few more days. And so there's another 8020 option guys and I don't know what the price will be for the ones in the US. Okay, let's keep moving. Tony, uh we found an aluminum resource for do-it-yourselfers.
5: Yeah, um this would be framingtech.com and it is whatever you need 8020 um you can order it right from these guys um you have yeah all your different bits and pieces and and lengths and um pretty much everything you need to build a rig or whatever else you want to build out of the eighty twenty
0: um you can order it right
5: from these guys and they'll ship they'll ship it to you
0: there you go so uh go build your own eighty twenty all right next up I got the twenty eighty super review uh so NVIDIA has put out the 2080... Uh, okay, so let me restart over. It says, it's essentially a newer version of the 1080 Ti, but with ray tracing, and it costs $700. Reviews say you could overclock a 1080 Ti to pretty darn close what the 2080 Super produces. So the 2080 Super is a 1080 Ti with the new ray tracing, That's what I, in summary. All right, um... I don't know if I'll be buying that one. Let's keep moving. Jesse, an F3 wheel. Got a forum post on iRacing. LaVinti
4: Zari posted up a video of a Formula 3 wheel. Wheels are custom ordered. It's got uh, rubber grips, 290 millimeter Hall sensor shifters, carbon and aluminum enclosure. This version here, as he's uh, posted, is €1,200 Euro or $1,330. Pretty good design, I think. Uh, it's got a nice display screen in the middle of it. With uh looks like it looks like enough buttons. I mean, it, it's it's fairly plain Jane in the button department, but a couple of twist knobs and you know, en- enough buttons. It it looks like it'll
0: get the job done. It's kind of low profile. It's kind of the takeaway I get on it. Maybe it's really lightweight.
3: It looks very. Um, it's it's a thick steel, but it's not like. It's, it's, it's a full-bodied steel or whatever that they're using, or the aluminum or whatever, but it's, it's, a nice thi- um, it's a nice size. I really like that all these wheels are starting to come with a display in them. I'm wondering how many more will start hitting the market the more that you start seeing all these other ones that are being made with, with displays in them, because the displays are starting to be a huge thing right now.
4: I also just wanted a note that says, uh, sorry, for all my customers, I am in a delay with the wheels. I do not accept any orders until
0: October. Okay, I don't know what his website is, if he has one, but his name is Leventi Zari, and he's from Central Eastern Europe. All right, Will, Sim Seat is coming soon.
1: Yeah, this is a uh, kind of in the idea of kind of like the GS5 seat from um Sim Experience. It's a seat that's replicates the forces on you. Um this one looks like it does it a little bit differently where the uh, GS5 looks like it has servos and stuff that kind of put pressure on you. This one actually has it looks like a motor that actually pulls the belts on you to simulate the forces. Um also like the center foam of the seat rotates left to right So this is kind of a similar idea of the GS-5. I did not see any kind of pricing on it. It looks like you have to contact them for that information. But it's uh, something else in that same family of um, products. And I think it's a... I like this idea. You don't have to have the full rig bouncing around and shaking around to get the effects if you got the belts and stuff pulling and putting pressure on you. So I'm a big fan of this type of uh, simulation compared to your just standard motion. If anybody that... If they price
3: this right, and, and it, it's a reasonable price, anybody that has a basic rig looks like it could be added to. So, like, I have a play seat. I probably could mount it into my play seat and, and have this sensation um, for whatever price, obviously, they have. But it, they could really hone in on a market here if they have it the right price. Because that other seat, obviously, has a lot of the G, what's it, G5. Was it G That seat is, you know, highly priced because it's of, of its sophistication and what it does. But it, this thing is, it's, it seems simple, but it looks like it would be a nice uh, option if it was in a more reasonable price range.
0: There's a video, and it shows him turning the steering wheel left to right, and the cushions kind of tilt left to right. The cushions on, behind your back and the cushion you're sitting on. Looks like it lights up, too.
5: It looks like they're uh making this available for xbox and ps4 users as well so um they're saying that they're going to have a uh, a separate one that will be strictly for pc so i don't know if the the their xbox and playstation version would be able to work with the pc or if you have to if you have to get that other version because i imagine that one would be a little more expensive
1: well i don't I don't see yeah. how a like a PlayStation or Xbox doesn't output telemetry the same way a PC does. So it's probably something in line that's just taking moat or data from the wheel to simulate just based off of wheel motion. So yeah, I'm like probably video shows. Should... I'm wondering if it's using the
3: second USB port. So if you got your wheel plugged into one USB, I'm wondering if it has to use a second USB port.
1: I almost I'm almost you for the console stuff it's like something in line that just steals the data and sends it to the seat, but I bet you, if you're PC, you probably want that PC one, because I'm assuming at that point, they could take telemetry, because I have the sim experience will, and I would probably go with the GS5 over this, because the software on the wheel is phenomenal, and um, I don't I don't know what the software on this is, but that's really what makes the sim experience, I think, worth the extra. The other
3: thing is, um, I'm looking at a thing here, Looks, do they offer an actual whole rig? It looks like they offer a whole rig
0: oh yeah they got the cockpits and whatnot and whatnot and they kind of have a motion thing to them yeah this is their new product uh the website is simdeck.com with it but it's s-y-m okay let's do one more quick uh greg remind everybody about crew chief and where they can get that so if you go to uh thecrewchief.org uh which is like,
3: it's basically the forms page for it. You can download, you can find anything else, information on the pay it forms page about it, but you can also download it uh, from there to your PC. Um, this is a very helpful thing for uh, if you're making, you want to make adjustments in race, you can talk to it and it makes adjustments. You can, it's uh, it just got a whole bunch of different things for all the different series uh, that's pl- fully customizable to what you want Down to different voices. Our uh, our own teammate Phil Linden is one of the voices on there. So if you use it, Phil is Phil. So um, that uh, he offered his voiceover for uh, some of the things for the spotter. Uh, Did a great job on it. But uh, yeah. So go to crewchief.org or sorry thecrewchief.org
0: for uh, the crew chief app. Okay. Uh, Next up is. A German company offering Fidash, F I D A S H. It's by Simquip.net is the website. It's approximately two hundred and fifty-two U.S. dollars. It's a display with a resolution of four eighty by two seventy-two with Z1 software, and uh, it's a really nice carbon fiber look to it. Uh, built-in display that you can mount like on top of your, you know, direct drive wheel or uh, that kind of thing kind of what i was looking for but i want to be able to easily take a my i want to put a phone in it and be able to take a phone in and out so i'm kind of looking for something like that this is a dedicated display that's in a sealed box all right so check that out it's kind of expensive i thought jesse tell us about the coolest looking switch uh for the dd1 yeah you found a pretty cool switch here
4: mike uh direct drive safety dash diy kit uh, reading through the description from opensimracing.com, it is uh, essentially, as of now, they have only got the DIY version available, which is you're going to get the box with the pre, pre-drilled install holes, uh, one on each side. Nice, square, clean, sleek look with a uh, RJ11 port opening. Uh, you would still have to do your switch and your uh, your mushroom your mushroom switch and your uh, your power button still. Uh, But it says in the description that they are working on doing a race-ready version plug-and-play style uh, in the near future. But it's a nice uh, alternative to the one that uh, we built for David already. And uh, maybe hopefully go something in this nature. Hopefully guys continue to come up with more ideas as time goes on. I think we're going to find more of them. But if anybody uh, listening has anything of this nature or anything
0: cooler, send it to me. we still got to make Mike one. Yeah, this is opensimracing.com. I almost pulled the trigger on this. But I put it in the shopping cart, I went to check out and then with the shipping it was $80 US. And this isn't even a finished product. This is just a shell. And so by the time I ship it to Jesse and we wire it and put the button in it, you know, we're probably at 100 bucks. So I decided to wait and just kind of see what else we can find, but I love the look of this. It's got a it's a metal and a gray metal. It's got real nice printing on it. A real high quality Compared to the cheap yellow crap that uh, Fanatec's trying to sell us. Alright, now we're jumping to results. The NASCAR iRacing Series Pocono. Thursday fixed, I ran P21. I was leading the race and pitted with 5 to go. Uh, I had speeding sit to the back. I got back to 15th and then was wrecked out to finish 21st. And uh, I can't believe it was such a hard decision to pit or not pit as a leader with five to go. But uh, I thought, you know, the tires would be important because of the green-white checkers. Uh, I ended up uh, speeding and just screwing myself. But, man, it was fun to be competitive and be leading at the end. Uh, David Hall uh, ran Friday Open. He got P14. He said he ran top 10 but got caught up in the last caution. Uh, I got wrecked out. Uh, I didn't even write down what happened. It was a real bad race. Uh, I couldn't miss it from what I remember. Uh, Tony Rochette got a P25. He said he ran okay but was caught up in a wreck. Sunday open, uh, Tony got P5. He said decent car, good in the corner, sucked on the straights, stayed out on six-lap old tires with eight laps left, Uh, fell back to fifth after pushed into the wall. It was a good run. Uh Jesse you put embarrass.
4: Yeah, Sunday open was uh was a rough one <laughs> and uh yeah, early on I was I was running real close with Greg and if my memory serves me correct that was a race we couldn't stay away from each other.
3: Uh uh this is Mike you would not uh if you if say this if you were the owner of Team Tofosi Mike you would have details. been you would have been very nervous with how close I think me David Mason and Jesse were running for probably a good span of the race, in fourth positions together,
4: and cycling inside, like door to outside, door, three yeah. wide. Yes, it, it was
3: nerve-wracking. And and Jesse, why was it a little bit more nerve-wracking for you?
4: I just I was a little tired, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> had a had a few too many drinks the night before, and it was a rough wake-up. But yeah, and then and then to add into the mix, uh, I was just trying to get uh, my bearings back together and then i got two teammates around me i'm trying to stay off of so i uh i had to adapt very quickly in that scenario for sure but uh at uh, one point sing- when we single filed out and went to start picking off some spots with greg uh, following we uh got into door of a car going into two slid the nose a little bit and uh kind of ruined it for him unfortunately uh, then uh later on in the race everything was good and then uh one of the last few laps, I, uh, I got, uh, some karma bit me and then the same exact scenario, I was the victim instead of the, uh, suspect. So I guess it, uh, wasn't meant to be, but it was a good run. Like, like, uh, Greg says, it was a lot of fun to run side by side multiple times with those guys nerve wracking just as much, but, uh, because we got through it, it was, it was all right. And then Greg, you got P nine.
3: Yeah. David,
4: <clears throat> David was in this race too. He, um,
3: he had a, He was caught up in an early caution with it, um, but he was just kept pulling along and got through it. And then on that last lap, there was a wreck coming through the uh, tunnel turn and they were bouncing off the wall, coming down. I went all the way to the inside. um, I think it was like eighth at the time. And when I came out of it, I was all the way on the inside going into turn three in that runoff lane. And I had way too much momentum to try and keep it down there. And I was probably fourth coming, going into that corner. And just with no momentum going around that corner, I lost about five positions. And David was one of them going by me, um, trying to avoid wrecking guys. But I just didn't have any momentum to get to the start finish
0: line. All right. And then Mason put, he was wrecked uh, first corner and then wrecked again. He had the best finish of the week in 13th. Uh, Sunday fixed. I ran P 14 ran between fifth and 10th all night, decided to pit after a 13 lap run on the first green, white checker. And it was a huge mistake. Uh, like I said, I, I can't figure out hitting with the green, white checker, I guess. Um, I keep coming down for tires and I, it bites me.
3: And we're at this point right now as a team where there's four of us in the same split pretty much every race. And then there's another four. That are right on the outside of being able to join us. We we potentially at some point could have six to eight drivers in the same split racing at some point if we can
0: we can ever get them us close to each other the way it, it should work out. Yeah, it's always fun. All right, let's move on to Watkins Glen Wednesday Open. Uh, Jesse P three, but after qualifying P one. Ah, uh, that's uh, Brent. Oh, that's Brent. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, Brent. Pretty impressive. Uh, Jesse, tell us about your run, though. Uh,
4: yeah, I started in the back, uh, not a road guy, I just kind of wanted to kind of kind get in a rhythm all by myself and stay out of the way. And uh was a little bit better than I thought I was uh, getting going and tried to pick off some spots and was kind of stuck in some places. And I was following a guy around for about three or four laps, trying to figure out uh, how to make a good, clean pass. And he, uh, he had caught some grass going into a hard breaking zone that I was going to try to set him up on center exit and try to roll momentum on him. And it, uh, just wasn't at the right time. And as he caught the grass, got into him, caught the wall. And we both uh, got destroyed pretty, pretty, uh, pretty heavily. I was going to limp around, but it, it was about 30 minutes and there was about that left in the race. It wasn't really much left to stick around
0: for. Ouch. All right. Uh, and then Wednesday fixed, Brent also got a P6. Now, Thursday open, we ran. Uh, I got a P24. I think I started, like, 26. I let everybody go. I finished the race without wrecking. Um, and that was a good result for me. Um, and then Mason got P13. Uh, he did have some kind of pedal issues this week. Um, he, he tried to, to fix them right before the race, and that wasn't a great idea because then something it didn't work right. But anyway, uh, his tires were trash at the end of the runs. Uh, he was much better uh, this week in the A opens. He gained 358 I rating this week at the Glen. So Mason's been uh, farming, I guess. And then Jesse, you were running right with him, but you finished P15.
4: Yeah, it uh, it was nice to get, get in line with Mason. He's uh, been working with me all week, and I appreciate uh, everything he's done to kind of teach me the ways around this and greg greg helped me in sonoma same thing and so i appreciate that but uh it uh it was it was pretty uneventful we really after about two or three laps it really single filed out and and stretched out really 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 i didn't see many cars much of the race um besides pitting and stuff of that but uh i uh i was zero x everything was good i had zero off tracks i was doing everything to uh just go ahead and take a a nice what i could get for the race I knew I didn't have anything for Mason and uh I, we were rolling past uh Brian Tong and I uh, made a mistake and got overly aggressive and don't have the abilities on the road like I think I do and I uh, got into him hate it cuz at the time I uh, thought I wasn't in the wrong and found out after watching the replay quite embarrassed by the fact that I uh, was very in the wrong and would uh, chew a guy pretty hard for the same scenario so got to work on that just got to work on the road side as, as a
0: whole really all right. All right. Let's keep, uh, let's go right into final thoughts. Then next Greg Hectus.
3: I'm just looking forward to actually getting a chance to race. I was going to race Wednesday night at Watkins Glen cause, uh, you guys know that I love the cup cars at the uh, road courses, but, uh, I came home after a 15 hour shift and I uh, was deciding not to, uh, test my luck driving for another hour and a half since I drive for a living. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to a good week um, of racing at uh, the road course, and uh, hopefully we all do good. Uh, you can uh, follow me uh, <clears throat> tomorrow night on uh, twitch.tv slash Cactus, frozen with two O's, cactus with two K's, uh, and you can see my adventures at Watkins Glen.
0: All right, very good. Jesse Gray, final thoughts?
4: Yeah, I just uh, want to, like I say, I just want to keep working on the road and kind of develop those skills a little more and hopefully roll back into some good finishes.
0: All right. And remember Watkins Glen at at, NASCAR this week is counting towards your oval I rating, not your road. Uh, Tony Groves, final thought.
5: Oh, I got nothing this week. I really haven't done any, I haven't done any racing life. Uh, life has just been too busy
0: lately. All right. We'll get back on the track and we'll see you there. Will Gibson, final
1: thought. I'm just glad my uh, hotkey's working this week. I missed final thought, I think, the last two weeks. But, uh, now nah, work's been the same here for me, kind of crappy lately. I'm actually in the spot where I'm actually probably going to get a new spot soon, so things should calm down. I, uh, a few weeks ago, I, know I was doing the pro uh, road to pro for the uh, USAC sprints, and uh, there was basically two time slots I was available for that week, and neither of them went official, so I missed that second week. and. Mathematically I just was in a bad spot. That I there was no way in the world I was gonna make it. Um I did some math and thinking if I was around thirty five hundred to four thousand I rating, I'd probably get a good enough split that I could. So my goal for the next few weeks is just to grind out some uh some of those limited late models so I don't have to do any setups and try to build some uh IR up there and uh now I've been trying to trying to get on a little bit more, but hopefully in the next coming weeks I'll uh, have some stuff change up at work so I get back on some more again.
0: Okay, we'll get farming out there. All right, my final thoughts. Uh, thanks to Zach Leonardi for coming on and telling us about uh, World of Outlaws and his run uh, for the championship here. Uh, I update on my wheel. I sent back my DD1. Um, uh, they're going to return the shipping fees to me. I sent it at UPS Ground. Uh, they did ship me another one. It arrives tomorrow, so I'm excited for that. Uh, meanwhile, David Hall sent me his old uh, Fanatec base, and I'm using that today. I installed it last night. It feels kind of mushy. I think this is a, a belt wheel, uh, but it feels kind of mushy compared to the DD1. Is my impression of it, and not it doesn't have a lot of power compared to the DD1 either. But I haven't really configured it or played with it much. I'm just kind of using it for a day or so. And thanks to David for sending it out. Uh, But it's nice to have a backup, uh, you know, in this situation. And I hope my DD-1 uh, will stay powered on and actually work. So that's my goal for the week. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes. SoundCloud or Google Play, Facebook and Twitter. See you on the
5: track.